0: Okay. Um, good afternoon, everyone. Good to see you. What um, what we were doing in the in the afternoon is um, do a kind of Q and A regarding the topic of the Godhead in the Bible. So today in the morning I received uh, one question, but if you have any other for tomorrow, it's going to help me. Um, to build up the topics um, anyhow I'm going to share some of the questions I already received uh, from from several other places in which we were visiting regarding this uh, the, the topic of of the Trinity that is in this moment one uh, critical issue that is affecting the the chart in the morning we are talking about the pioneers of the Seventh-day Adventist Church and their position regarding the evolving, I will say, uh, criteria regarding the Trinity or the Godhead. And uh, in the afternoon, we are going to be working a little bit about question and answers. And um, let's uh, have a word of prayer. And uh, we have a couple of pastors today, and I will request Pastor uh, Richardson to to do the, the prayer for us.
1: And should be prayed by His Father in heaven. We thank you so much for letting us come together today to study your word and get questions and answers answered. And I pray for Dr. Scionone. I thank you for him and his wife. And I thank you for each one of, of us that are here today. So bless us, draw us close to you and, and each other, and give us the understanding of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 amen.
0: Okay, um... One of the questions that, uh, that normally comes is regarding the word Trinity, Trinity. And today I received um, one of these questions. And um, the word Trinity was also, says used by pagans in the Trinity of Isis, Horus, and Seth. And uh, the sign above is worn by the Pope and uh, what is here is the, is this monogram is i h s and in a circle. by the way this is this is not regarding the Trinity and this is regarding um the Lord, the Lord Jesus, Jesus Christos. And um, normally, uh, this is a supply of, of the X of, of Jesus, Jesus Christos. And by the way, in the time in which I used to be um, altar boy when I was a kid, um, it was printed by seal in the wafer, in the, in the Catholic mass. In those days, you know. So the meaning was that in the moment that um, the person is receiving the communion, uh, is receiving the body, uh, the body and the and, and and the blood of the Lord Jesus in that instant moment of of taking it. So I do have a a very a serious Observation regarding the topic, because um, the Catholicism in general sustains that in the moment in which the um, the priest uh, finish the um, the prayer of the consecration um, of of the wafer, at that moment that piece, small piece of bread, stopped being that to begin to be. Uh, the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus, and they call that transubstantiation. That is a transformation in the nature of the, the wafer. So we don't believe that, and that is that is not um, a normal practice or understanding inside our our chat. But but all the wafers, they do have this in seal, you know, it is imprinted very clearly. So let me explore, <coughs> and I guess that with one of you today, I share one view regarding the, the Trinity. Somebody made um, a comment regarding my book, and this is in, the, in, in this magazine coming from, from General Conference. Um, By the way, let me stop here for a moment. I'm not used to do that, but it's good to do it from time to time. This magazine, um, if you are a student, university or so, you might be able to receive it. No student. (laughs) No (coughs) student. And I guess it's for free, by the way. Okay. And uh, everybody sometimes is interested in receiving something for free, you know. And um, and 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 he was doing some kind of critique of the book, and uh, and he says, this is a book, and um, this is about this book. This is a book about the Trinity, though it is not obvious in the title. Two chapters use the term triunity, and um, by the way, it's true. I when you go inside the book, you are going to see that we were discussing with Pacific Press about how we are going to, to call, because my uh, personal preference at the beginning was to use Godhead regarding the topic. Why? Because it is very clear and neat in the, in the New Testament. It's, it's in the in the book of Colossians. The Apostle Paul is referring to, you know, to give a name of, of the entire divinity and, uh, and it's involving all the persons in the divinity. So I, um, I, I, I've been inclined to. But when you are writing a book and you are using sometimes the term several times, you need to look for um, an alternative. And triunity was an option. So he says two chapters use the term triunity common among, and he's bilingual, so he says, English language others. And um, like to say, it it doesn't refer to us, guys, who are in the other part of the world. (laughs) That is the meaning of that. Such avoidance of the term Trinity owes much to the fact that the oneness of God is so clear in the Bible that some people cringe at the sight of the term that suggests Trinitas, in the Latin, they do not need to be worried. Trinity, he says, is a quality. It does not need to be capitalized. It means that there there is something three-like about God, not that God is three. I say again this. It means that there is something three like about God, not that God is three. By the way, when we use the concept, idea of the Trinity, we are not believing that in three gods. We are believing in one God. And and I'm going to if you need, I'm going to, to give some, some examples about it.
1: Could
0: you could you write the questions? If, let me, Lira, could you share this with everybody? I'm going to share some um, some paper. Uh, if you have any questions, tomorrow I'm going to take some time also for, for doing some... So we're
1: not having questions today?
0: Yes, I am answering this question that I received today in the morning.
1: Oh, it's so not our questions?
0: No, tomorrow I'm going to answer your question.
1: Oh, I just don't understand why...
0: Because I need to review the question. I understand. <laughs> I I know you understand, but if you don't mind, I'm going to explain anyhow. Okay. Wow. I I do prefer to get the question in written because I do have a proof of the question. And and having the text as a proof, I'm going to deal with the question in <coughs> in your text. And that is better for me. And, uh, and I, I'm working with a program regarding question and answers. And sometimes I use it in, in that context. And um, so I suppose that you have good questions like everybody. So let's go ahead with this. Trinity is a quality. It does not need to be capitalized. It means that there is something three-like about God. Not that God is 3 He's just one, and, um, and I do have an example of this, and in the Bible you are going to find out that when the Apostle Paul is finishing, for example, the epistle to the Corinthians, um, he's talking about one God, and at the end, he says, and mentions the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But when you go to verse 11 and finish in the 13, you are going to see that he is referring to the same topic. So he's not changing the, the views of, of that. That is, that is important to take in account. And, um, and he says a little bit more, when, when we speak about the unity of something, that thing is usually not really one, the unity of the nation, for example, the unity of the church, or anything else composed of more than one subject, but that in some respects is or should be like one. Um, that, that is part of the problem that I discussed in one of the topics that I present in the book, and um, by the way, we are not the only people that believe what believe, and there are others who share our beliefs regarding some of these topics, and, and even when we have some kind of uh, dissent or differences among us, however, uh, Jewish people, they tend to believe in, in one God, you know? However, when you go to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, you remember? You, you have your Bible there? Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. You have it? You have it? It says, listen of Israel, or hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord, is one. Says that? Yes. Yeah. So one, one of the things that um, called my attention doing, um, doing reading and, and reviewing that is, first of all, the three times that appears... The name of the Lord, three times. Listen, or hear, O Israel. The Lord, first time. Our God, the Lord, is one. Three times appears. One of the things. I'm sorry. I, I'll
1: write it down. I'm
0: sorry. No, no, no. Mm-hmm.
1: No, I, I, I'll write down the question. I, I just, out of instinct, I had a question. <laughs> <learn> for <from> my... <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Don't worry. I want
0: the same way when I discuss anything. I want to ask. By the way. Okay. Um, here we have uh, three times. However, two names of God in the original. One is Yahweh. Or Adonai, every time that appears Adonai, or um, it is written Y H Y H, or hey, Y, you are going to find out that it's called the tetragramma, the most sacred or holy name of God in the Old Testament, because there is never use for any other divinity in the Bible. Um, and in the, in your, if you are using, well, younger generations uh, do not use any longer, King James version, and I understand that, you know, um, but it's in capital letters, Lord. And every time, every time that you find that means that in the original, that is the tetragramma, it means the most sacred name of God in the Old Testament. So in my, in my reflection, I've been thinking, can I say this in, in other way, short way? <coughs> Here, O oh Israel, our Lord is one. And I say for me, yes, you can say. And, um, but it's three times. And it used Elohim, the plural by the way, second time, when when says our God, it's Elohim in the original. And use here the word Ehad. <coughs> ehad is a, <coughs> is a. And remember something, I'm reflecting in this that I'm reading. Um, ehad is a word that means unity of, of other things inside. For example, when you go to um, Genesis. Chapter 1, verse 5. Let's go to Genesis, chapter 1, verse 5. <clears throat> that is the first time in which appears this word in the, in the original. And, and this is just trying to clarify what we were reading in chapter 6, 4. Uh, could you read it, please? Genesis
1: 1.5. And God called the light day and the darkness night and the evening and the morning were the first day.
0: When the Bible says here the first day, another Bible says uh, um, one day or something, you know, use the word "ehad," and when you go to the details, you are going to see that it's a kind of unity involved in Two different manifestations of the nature. One is the daylight and the night. Very, uh, uh, of course, opposite each other. You know, day and night. But they are composing in one day. In the in the fusion of that is one day. And. uh and that is the word "ehad," the first time appears. So it called my attention, appealed a little bit about what is the meaning here. Because it involved the unity of two different and in certain sense, opposite ways of the manifestation of the nature. Because in our <clears throat> common dialogue, we say, well, this is like day or night, and we are, you know, Talking about that thing. So Genesis chapter two verse twenty four. <clears throat> and I'm please giving examples, no, no more than that. Giving uh, biblical examples regarding this topic. Uh, chapter two verse twenty-four. Normally we use this in the moments in which we are marrying people in the churches, you know. So and um, it's a, it's a it's a text that we know very well. You have it? Could you read it?
1: Therefore shall a man lead his father and mother, and shall
0: cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. One flesh. One. Again, it's the same word. So here is not day or night the elements that of the linguistic involved, but it's two persons, two people. is a woman and a man united under the blessing of the Lord. And they become, in that moment, a unity called by one, flesh. Echad is the word. It's the same word that appears in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Um, so um, there are other elements in, in the Bible that you are going to find out in the book of Ezekiel, in the book of Zizras, in the book in the book I am sharing with you. You are going to find out some other examples. But this is telling you something quite interesting re- respecting this topic. So uh, and, and here says when we speak about the unity of something, that thing is usually not really one, the unity of the nation, the unity of the church, or anything else composed of more than one subject, but that in some respect is or should be like one. It makes little sense to es- about the unity of a single person. Um, I am not
1: clear about the word they have. It's a Hebrew. Hebrew. Hebrew, how is
0: Hebrew? It's in the book, by the way, but uh, I'm going to give you the transliteration.
1: That means unity,
0: right? means one. One, okay. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, uh, Conversely, when we speak about the Trinity of God, we are speaking about a God who is only one, but who reveals himself as three persons. It makes little sense to speak about the Trinity of the three. Trinity is a quality of one, um, says this author. The idea of oneness, therefore, is stronger in the term Trinity than in the term Triunity, so this is a message for me, and I already got it, and uh, and I, it's good. I I guess he is making the point, and uh, and that is important about that. So what I will say regarding that, um, I I don't know if when we go to other divinities they are going to speak in the same kind of sense in which we are using the concept of the trinity about the pagans gods of the egyptians or other or, or other places because i guess that that is not the exact meaning that we are having over there i do agree something however because if you are going to, to search about, Trinity is not a biblical word. I, of course, I, I do agree with that. What is my personal preference? Uh, well, my personal preference here is, and I'm not against um, the, our charge, but I was not involved in, in any kind of consultation regarding this topic the the topic appears but i i already mentioned that my personal preference would be the godhead why because it's in the bible simple you you can write you can write the question so so that is that is my first my first answer regarding this topic the other topic that i receive here is regarding matthew Twenty-eight nineteen, <clears throat> Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, and uh, the question is about the background of the Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. Um, there are two uh, lines regarding this, and one is: it's true that this is not in the originals in the in the In the Bible, and um, and I do have a, a I, I don't know what to say regarding that, but uh, I'm not one to call or put kind of name for the people that are looking for argumentation against uh, the topic of the Trinity, but I will say that if you go to here. And let me share with you, this is the version, this is the New Testament in Greek, and normally here is the critical apparatus and says where are the, the sources that nurture the text, okay? Here are all the names of the sources. And when I search in that, there is no question about that. There is no problem in the in the in the critic text. So I I am I I am I am sharing with you what I do found. By the way, Ingo, did you did you did you hear about that uh, any any time about this topic? <clears throat> so yeah,
1: Matthew twenty-eight. Mm-hmm. you. Yeah. But that is not in the original.
0: You're saying it is in there? It is in the original. It is? In the original?
1: In the, is in the original? original? Yep. Is yes. Is that the Greek? Is that the Greek? That
0: yes, is there is. Or is it the, the, the old Greek. Is that the old Greek? Is, is that the new? Like the new here Greek? are the variances. Okay? Here are the variances. Variances means that there is a comma in that text and there is, uh, for example, father is not, son is not. Or, or holy spirit is not okay mm-hmm. there is no problem in the text that in the text is like we have it
1: i know but what kind of greek is that is that the older greek towards that has it been the revised one yeah because it's different greek it's in a... language i just said which translation of the greek is it the older like the original what do call... i can't think of that name this is the original is it a revised or, uh... You know
0: how they revised the... the oh, coin let me, Greek. Let me the share with you... Let me. Greek? Is that the Koine? Yeah, yeah, it's Koine of Greek, of course. Okay. And this is the nurture of what we have in all the versions of the Bible, because this is coming from biblical societies, and, and there is the variances. So you're
1: saying, though so that is definitely in the original, huh? I, I heard
0: that it wasn't so, yeah. well I, I am answering telling my perception regarding this topic because um, let me let me see here I guess I wrote something here um, I don't know if well in the at the beginning of of our Class, for some reason, I guess I had um, a misplace of the um, I had a, an accident with a with a, with a paper. Okay, but um, okay. So basically, the the text says that we have to baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is how we have in the version of the original that I do have of the, of the Greek. So in the, in the critical uh, apparatus, uh, there is no changes regarding that. So when uh, somebody is telling or saying that, I will say, um, I don't have any, any way to corroborate that kind of thing. I, I'm not judging, you know, people for what they say. I, I, I'm not, but uh, but you need to know what you are going to say at some point, and and when you go to this, you are going to check, for example, um, if um, there is a a question. Sometimes those who who wash their uh, the estolas auton, what, what is the, the translation? Ropes. Yes, the robes. Uh, that is the translation in, in English. And um, and stolas and entolas, it's a, a little different in in meaning. Remember something in those days when they were copying the Bible, they were uh, listening somebody reading stolas entolas. Sounds like the same, but it's not the same meaning. One means commandments and the other means robes. Okay? So if you catch up and you are not with a, a new kind of little machine for listening well, you know, like they provide here if you have any, any problem, you are going to catch up the wrong word. And you are going to put a change in the text. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? And, uh, and, and that, that appears here in the book of Revelation. And say, well, um, here's means, and, and the majority of the texts are telling this. But that is not the case of Matthew 28, uh, 19. Besides, and. Uh, and with certain care, I'm going to use this. Ellen Chihua used that version several times in her writings. She never mentioned about that. She never mentioned that was doubtful, the text, or something like that. So, if you are going to take this text out of the Bible, you are going to be in certain difficulties in, 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 in a sense. Why? Because... For example, Didache—that is one of the early writings in the times—and this is not in the Bible. Didache is not in the Bible. Didache is the teaching of the twelve apostles. is is an apocrypha book, but very early in the in the times of of the church, uh, probably some people say it is from the first century, about and and close to. Uh, to the apostolic times, they use and mention and quote the same thing. And several times, they are with quotation of the book of Matthew in the Didache. So we need to be uh, sometimes with carefulness in the way we are um, uh, dealing with this uh, regarding this topic. regarding uh, Matthew 28, um, 19. Okay. And I do have another question, and I don't know if, but I'm going to, to share this uh, with you in, in this moment. Uh, let's go to, to uh, John three sixteen. John three sixteen. yes is a concept of begotten. Uh, There are some people using this text and asking about the meaning of what does it mean, um, begotten son of God. You know? Mm -hmm. And they are questioning um, about that. Today in the morning, I share what Catholicism is teaching regarding, regarding this, uh, this topic. And, uh, and Catholicism, I mentioned that they believe that the, the spirit proceeds from uh, the son and the father, and the son proceeds from the father. So that is, that is in essence, the conceptual framework of Catholicism regarding the Trinity, and um, the Son for Catholicism is in the book, by the way, in the in the rear of the book you are going to find out that uh, it says that um, the Son was begotten in the days of eternity, and the Holy Spirit or the Spirit was um, came from. The Father and the Son—that is, that is the the, the framework of, of of Catholicism. To my taste, to my view, my perception is that it's very close to the Jehovah Witnesses' vision. By the way, very close in certain sense. Is is is. I I never were. Uh, be discussing with a Catholic about that. Um, but um, when every time that I read and I question the the topic and I mention the Catechism, some people began to read the Catechism and say, "Well, that that is what the Catechism says." So, hey, I this is the first time I'm I'm reading about this. So let's um, let's go to the to the point here. Where is the concept of, of begotten? And um, what is the meaning of that? My perception, and I'm going to, to share with you, um, that is my personal view regarding this, this topic, and it's biblica. Huh? Um, it, is, it is related to Psalms 2. Let's go to Psalms 2, and you are going, we are going to read from verse one through seven. Um, Psalms two, verse one through seven. I'm reading from King James Version, uh, the electronic version I do have here. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth said themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord, and against His anointed, saying, "Let's break their bands asunder, and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh; the Lord shall have them in derision. The then shall He speak unto them in His wrath, and vex them in His sore displeasure." Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree, which here the Lord says, capital letters, observe that. The Lord had said unto me, thou art my son, this day I have begotten thee. This day I have begotten thee. So... By the way, the, uh, there are several, several cases, several elements uh, here. One, when says, is the anointed at the beginning, it is, um, uh, that is the word Messiah, or Messiah in the original. And, um, and the translation into the Septuagint is Christos. That is the anointed. Okay? And the verse 7, when it says, And I will declare the decree the Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my son, this day I have begotten thee. Is the moment of uh, setting a king or putting a king in his throne. Is the enthronement moment of that. <coughs> That is a very important moment in the description here in the Psalms. And um, when uh, when we we are comparing this, it is quite interesting that there is a kind of symbolic use of begotten. Why? Because you you cannot be a child, a king, and being begotten in the same day, all together. You understand what I'm saying? That is is my understanding. And that is a symbolic use here for the enthronement of of a king. And uh, and is calling um, my son. And also says I begotten thee. Yes.
1: When Adam, he wasn't, when he was formed and made, he wasn't a child. So, why couldn't his son, if he'd begotten his son, be a a grown man? Why would he have to be a child? And why couldn't he place him in that position? So, why couldn't, isn't that possible on the same day? Because you said it wasn't possible, it was not possible. If we look at it that way, that the same day he was begotten that he put him throned, why not?
0: Question: um, Do you do you know anyone after Adam that was born in the same way of Adam?
1: I don't know them, but I don't. But God can do whatever He wants. I I know that. But doesn't He say that the Jesus, was with Him when they created the heavens and earth? That was the yeah. human. When He created human, He created in our image, meaning yes. His right. and.
0: The context, first, the context is not the same. Situation is not the same. Vocabulary is not the same. For, of the creation of Adam. You can call creation, making of Adam. It's not the same thing. So here is very clearly a symbolic use in the Bible regarding, regarding that. And when you go to the context in which that is used, and um, what, is, what is the meaning here of, of begotten uh, for me is that he is enthroned in that kind of position from that moment on, and that kingship is God-given king, kingdom to him. That is, that is the perception I do have regarding that. Mm-hmm. So when it says, this day I begotten thee, um, the Lord is, is, is talking about that of somebody that is already born. So it has, it has nothing to do with the, um,
1: with? the creation of it. it just has to do with putting him it in the But like, how it? Know that I mean, it's supposed to be that difficult for me to know from reading God's words with the Holy Spirit's guidance, you know? Always. I'm saying, like, if I didn't have you to tell me, I would never know. Right, because because He's the Son, so that automatically implies that. Why he does he, he call the Son? Right. Yeah. Why <laughs> does He call Him the Son then? And why does you know He give us the demonstration by making the family on earth? I don't get it. You
0: know, like, should it
1: be that difficult? Well. No, but we only really need the Holy Spirit. But
0: we don't. No. We, we, what we need to do is to compare the Bible with the Bible, isn't it? Yeah. And when we, and that is what we are going to do, because when you compare the Bible with the Bible, you are going to see that this text is going to be used in the New Testament also, and it's going to be used in the moment of Jesus reaching heaven, and after you know resurrection, and you are going to find out that in the book of Acts 13 and in in the book of Hebrews chapter one verse five. So, what we need to do sometimes is when we have difficulties in in the Bible, we need to compare Bible with Bible, but not discredit the Bible. For itself, because Bible is given by inspiration of the Lord. And uh, when sometimes we are saying, well, why is it so difficult? Or why is this way? Or what is this way? Well, we need to, we need to um, read the Bible and compare text with text. And that is, that is the rationale of the transmitter of, of the Bible versions and the, or, or, or the Bible for us. So, but it is very clear for me that he cannot be born in the same day in which he's is a grown adult and king altogether. At that moment, when you say, well, is that the case? No, it's not. So, it's figurative or symbolic language that we have here. And we need to understand that. For example, let's go to the New Testament, and, and you are going to see how in the New Testament you are going to find out is applied. Um, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 5. Uh, let's go to the book of Hebrews, New Testament, chapter 1, verse 5. You have it? Could you read it, please?
1: For to which of the angels did he ever say, You are my son, today I have forgotten you. And again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son.
0: So when when you think about this and you reflect, it's not of angels that he is talking in some second. It's very clear here, and this is the understanding coming from the New Testament, because he's you know saying this is no angels. This is not about angels. No, but we didn't think it was. John. So this is about the divinity of Jesus. Right. This, this is about this is reaffirmed. And, and the heavenly nature of the Lord Jesus here is very clear uh, in the context. And, and He is recognizing in the New Testament about that. So, when, when you go to, to text by text, the, the Bible is informing you about, um, you know, that we need to wrestle the text with the rest of the scriptures of the Bible.
1: But this, to me, enforces it all the more when he says that you're my son. Today I've begotten you. I mean, it's not saying though, this woman here says that he did not say that to any of his angels. Oh, right, so you not going to say he did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't get it. I mean, am I the only one that does not get it? No, I mean, no. no, no. I understand no. what they're saying. You know, they're the I don't one. see it, and I, I have your book, but I don't see it, and that's why you told us to look at this, but it reinforces what I think and not what you're saying. It's what I'm saying. How does this reinforce him saying he's enthroned that day? It's saying here he forgot him that day. That is not a metaphor or symbolic. And then right here, just before that, you know how you're supposed to read most of the text, and that says that the Son, whom hath he appointed heir of all things.
0: Okay. Let's go to Acts, book of Acts, chapter 13, verse 30 to
1: 33.
0: No, 13. 1-3, chapter 13, verses 30 to 33. So the Bible says here, But God raised him from the dead, and for many days he appeared to those who came up with him, From Galilee to Jerusalem, the very ones who are now his witnesses to the people. And we preach to you the good news of the promise made to the fathers that God has fulfilled his promise to our children in that he raised up Jesus as it is also written in the second psalm Thou art my son today I have begotten you. So in this way we can see several things. One is the relationship of prediction and fulfillment mm-hmm. it's, it's clear for me prediction and fulfillment. Yeah. Second, Jesus continues coming from the lineage from the line of David. Jesus is anointed, and uh, we have a ministry in favor of the hidden nations through the gospel message. And he will resurrect and ascend into heaven where he is worshiped by angels of heavens. And that is the connection with Hebrews chapter 1, verse 5. And the concept of begotten of Jesus is, um, is very also clear uh, regarding the connection with the book of Psalms because That means the link with heaven and salvation for the human beings. So when he uses this
1: word here, he's placing him on his throne that day. Is that what saying?
0: Yeah. That is my understanding. So when Jesus says that he proceeded from the Bible, how do you
1: interpret proceeding? I don't have the text name. somebody can
0: uh, I it. There are there are several times in the in the New Testament. Mm-hmm.
1: So what is that the same as
0: he was in Rome? <coughs> no, this is this is this is, this is not uh, related to that. But w- you you asked me what is my understanding regarding that. Right, right. Okay. Okay. My understanding regarding that has to do with uh, the epistle to the Philippians chapter 2 let me share with you in a moment you have it Philippians 2 chapter 5 on through
1: 11
0: chapter 2 verse 5 through 11 let This mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, though it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, sorry, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death of the cross. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and give him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow or of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Christ is the Lord to the glory of God, the father. That is the concept of the kenosis, empty himself. that That is here. It is very clear in, in this point. so, um, he submits himself, and it's very clear in the New Testament. All the vision in the New Testament is, is that, that kind of vision that I do have regarding the personhood of the Lord Jesus. So
1: you're saying that when Jesus said he proceeded from the Father, that means that He's submitting to the Father. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. And you said the Father was greater than Jesus. Jesus himself is the Father. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yes. Book of John. Yeah. John from 4, John 14. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And right here, uh, John 16:28 says, "I came forth from the Father. and I have come into the world?" So there's a hand there so it it the, the brought forth from him and he also.: came to the
0: earth. Yeah, you, you are going to, to find out some kind of the mission of the Lord Jesus, because one in the divinity, in, in the divinity level has to fulfill that mission to came to save um, humankind, and he accept that role, that function. And, uh, and that is the function of the Lord Jesus. If you have any questions for tomorrow, please write it down, like today, um, one of you did it, and, um, and I will try to, to bring the, the answer to, to that. Yes? Can
1: we write it in the morning
0: for the afternoon? Yeah, you can do it now or whatever, oh, yeah. it's, it's fine. But tomorrow in the morning, I'm going to be dealing, why was the rejection of the pioneers of the Trinity, uh, as we see today? and how we evolve in the time as the, with the position that we have today.
1: Right, because that, I have a question on that, so if I give you the question after I hear your lecture, <laughs> if I still have the question.
0: Okay, you're right, you're right. So it's, uh, it's okay. Hey, see you tomorrow. Thank you for coming. You. God bless you. Can I just ask about versions?
1: What do you personally study with
0: to the <laughs> mm. I, um, I, do, I do think that the King version in English is a is a very good version. It's my understanding. Okay? I understand also that it's very odd. And is the current in the English, you know, is not appealing. To the new generations. What is uh, what is your estimation, Ingo, regarding versions in English?
1: Yeah, for study Bible, I wrote King James, if you want a slight English update, New King James.
0: And the new King James version? If you want an update. The
1: yeah. Someone said it's very accurate. I don't know if it's true. The new
0: living. The new what? Living. Has been a day old Well, I, listen. I'm going to point out now, I'm going to perfect my answer regarding that. There are some, there are some versions with interpretation, and we need, to be very, we need to be very careful in using that. Because interpretation is going to use, in a certain sense, the views of the translator. I, I've been translating work for several years in South America. And and translator, you mean you are in the middle of a process. You have the author that is communicating a message. And you have the audience. And you have to be faithful with the author. Mm -hmm. And you need to be clear with the audience. Mm -hmm. And we need to convey the exact message in a different culture sometimes. So you need to know what is the good language that you are going to see proper to convey what is in the original version in order that that the person that is receiving that be in the same tone, I will say, with the original. So, um, there are examples I can provide, and I am very concerned sometimes because uh, biblical societies and... Uh, and there are other versions, so on, are using several authors with different backgrounds. And sometimes these translators are with their own tradition, and sometimes one, one little word is going to, to make a change very big. Here, here, there are Spanish-speaking people. And no, 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 I am... And, and, and I'm going to put a, an example about this. You remember the Bible when when it says, um, Amen, amen, I say to you today, you are going to be in paradise. Remember yeah. that? Okay. In the For some reason in the Hispanic version, they put a K, that is a, a what or that, in the middle, you know? And, and I, I question that. Because it's not in the original. Listen, I'm not, I, I'm not an expert, but I, I'm very clear that we need to be faithful to what the Bible says. And, and if, when you change a little twist, tweak, word, you know, the, 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 the result is going to affect the understanding. And when the Bible says in Spanish, de cierto te digo que hoy estarás conmigo en el paraíso, that is what it says in Spanish, that that word is not in the original. So wh- what we need to do is to be, you need to convey the word in exact meaning in order that in the other language, in this case, English, has to be replication of the exact meaning in the original, in this case, Greek. So it is, it is important that. So I will say... Together with Ingo, that King James, no King James Version maybe, are, are good. A what? Where is that in the Bible? In uh, 24, Luke. Luke 24? 20, 20, 23, so, sorry. 23,
1: verse 47 to, uh,
0: through 52. See you tomorrow. And um, blessings.
1: This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more.